Hello, that's Sarah. And that's Emily. And this is Lightweight True Crime. If you try to cheers your mic. <coughs> that is Emily, what is that? So this is some more of that delicious lime patron liqueur that Robert got me for Christmas, mixed with um sparkling ice, coconut pineapple flavor, not Smirnoff ice. It's like supposed to be like flavored water, but it's mostly like carbonated juice. Okay. That, um, I'm trying to like come up with the description of the color of this. <laughs> it's like banana candy yellow. Yeah. It's like, because it's not like you say like, oh, it's yellow. It's not like lemonade yellow. No, it's banana it's, candy yeah. yellow. It's banana candy yellow. It looks like something you drink when you're 21 and two months because you don't know how to drink alcohol yet. Yeah. And so you're still getting my drink of choice when I was. 21 in two months was a dirty Shirley, which is a Shirley Temple with, with vodka. That's so interesting. Yeah, 17 yeah, in two 17 months. I'm sorry. Two months. That's true. I'm not average people. Um, but actually, tastes tastes good. Yeah. It doesn't taste too it sugary like, or sweet. Tastes like sunscreen in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> so <they're not laughs> I didn't really mean for that like to be funny, but, but... In a good way. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have this sunscreen... That is like coconut flavor and it smells so good. Okay. It tastes that makes like more that sense. sunscreen smell. It's like it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what the equivalent would be like there. It tastes like bug spray, but in a good way. Yeah, but in a good way. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, that's funny. Uh, so Lightweight True Crime is our yes. podcast. It is a podcast where two girls share a drink and a story. And that's what we're here to do today. That is what we're here to do. Uh, we're available on all your major podcast platforms correct spotify apple follow us on instagram send us a email at gmail um this we'll save that for later is that our email address yeah, yeah, yeah. just type in at gmail okay. in the google bar <laughs> perfect <laughs> and you'll find us cool dude um before we start i wanted to uh recommend some podcasts because we were right before we started recording we were talking about Islam and Muslims and I've been super obsessed with stories about ISIS which seems like that seems really like a real sketchy. Downer. I'm sure we're being flagged by the CIA now. Yeah, we but deserve it. so the New York Times did a podcast called Caliphate which is so good. It's this um journalist Rukmini and another journalist I don't remember his name but they interview this 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 kid. I want to call him a kid but I think he's like 20. He like grew up in Canada um, with a Muslim family and he leaves to go fight with ISIS. And then while he's there realizes this is nuts and he goes back to Canada. Wow. So Rukmini interviews him and he kind of shares his story and it's nuts. That's wild. And that, so that one is like that one came out a couple years ago and there's one now called American, American Jihadi. That's like coming out weekly now. That is really good. It's about this guy from the American South who grew up in a half Muslim, half 
Baptist home. And he went and he fought for ISIS in Somalia. And it's nuts. So those are just some podcasts that I... Caliphate and... And American Jihadi. American Jihadi. Very interesting. Yeah. Wow. They're really cool. If you like our podcast, you might like those. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like an offshoot of our particular set of interests. I've been really enjoying... um, So The Murder Squad with Paul Holes and Billy Jensen. So good. One of my favorite podcasts. I... Uploaded my <gasps> DNA to Jed match. Oh my gosh. So amazing. I can't wait for the police to call you I and know. tell you you're related to a murderer. They haven't called me yet. Oh my I'm gosh. just, I'm waiting. Fingers crossed. Good for you. Um, they've been doing this winter distraction series. Yeah. So at the end of their podcast, they do like, what's your weekly distraction? And they're kind of, they're not on a hiatus, but they're on a hiatus from their normal content and doing weekly distractions. And um, they did an episode that came out today that was about Jeffrey Epstein. And they're talking about it with the podcast hosts of Small Town Dicks, um, which is a true crime podcast hosted by, weirdly enough, the woman who voices Lisa Simpson. That's hilarious. But she does this true crime podcast with like these small town detectives, one of whom is her husband. Anyway, it's That'd very be weird to listen to, to li- like listen to Lisa Simpson. I mean, she, it's not her character voice, but she does have an, a very distinctive, like odd voice. Okay. Um, and you could be like, oh, I hear Lisa Simpson in that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they did an episode today talking about Jeffrey Epstein, which was super interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that would be my wreck, my recommendation. Nice. Yeah. That's been Recommendation Corner. That has been our Recommendation Corner. Um, Well, Emily, can I tell you a true crime story? Please do. So I have People Magazine and Rolling Stone to thank for a lot of the information I got on uh, this case, which we will talk about now. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to have like a clever title and I don't. So we'll just just dive right in. Yeah. Okay. So on the night of May 1st, 2010, Ryan, what are you doing? Are you taking selfies over there? Oh, that's fine. Can you please just be doing your your job? You should be listening to us with bated breath. Anyway, so on the night of May 1st, 2010, Shannon Gilbert, a young sex worker who advertised her services as an escort on Craigslist, was with first-time client Joseph Brewer in his home in Long Island. Shannon was 24 years old and had grown up in foster care. And it turned to sex work for the reasons a lot of young women turn to sex work, not all, but a good amount, um, partially due to kind of being bounced around all over the place while she was being brought up. She had an uncertain future, wasn't sure what she wanted to do with her life. And the, the fact that um, she would earn less in 40 hours a week at a minimum wage job than she would is one day as an escort. She specifically took the date from Brewer to pay for a birthday gift for her mother, who later told a reporter that she had tried to talk Shannon out of working that Mm -hmm. night. So shortly before she was last seen, Gilbert placed a 23-minute 911 call while still at Brewer's home, reportedly screaming, they're trying to kill me. At some point after placing the 911 call, Gilbert ran from Brewer's home into the night, banging on neighbors' doors and begging for help. By the time police arrived, because one of the neighbors called the police, Mm -hmm. she was nowhere to be seen. It wasn't until December 10th, 2010. So this happened in May of 2010. So it's like seven months later when Detective John Malia found skeletal remains along the northern edge of Ocean Parkway, a beach in Brooklyn. Initially, investigators thought they had found Shannon's remains or Shanna. Sorry, not Shannon. Shanna's. Shanna's remains. 
However, the deceased was later identified as Melissa Barthelemy of the Bronx, a young woman who had also advertised escort services on Craigslist and had been missing since July of 2009, so for a year and a half. So soon after, while detectives were searching the area for other... So basically, they come across this body. They think it's Shanna. Nope, it's this other woman who's also... Got a lot of things in common with... Has a lot of things in common with her. And uh, so they're searching the area for other possible evidence when he came upon the remains of three more missing persons. Oh, my gosh. Maureen Brainerd Barnes, Amber Costello, and Megan Waterman. Oh, sorry. So burpy with that sparkling ice. It's got a lot of air in it it's got a lot of burp in it so all of these women were petite 20 something women who had all worked as escorts and advertised online because of the proximity of where they were found uh, to an area called gilgo beach they became known as the gilgo four Mm. by the time shannon wow i have shannon and shannon sorry it is shannon i just had a typo there so oh so shannon gilbert So by the time Shannon Gilbert's remains were found in a nearby marsh in December of 2011, so a full year after the first four bodies are found, so that means two and a half years since she goes missing. Uh, So, yeah. By the time her remains are found in a nearby marsh, six more bodies have been found. Holy crap. With a total of 11 bodies found in the area. Dang. Four further west on Ocean Parkway, one in nearby Nassau County, and a skull into Bay Beach, which was matched to a set of legs found on Fire Island in 1996. What? So they had found the legs. They had found the legs in 96, and then they found a skull by either between 2010 and 2011 um, that matched the legs that had been found in 96. Do you know how far away the head from was from the legs? No idea. Okay. I mean, obviously it must have been in the same jurisdiction or else they wouldn't have known is my guess. Five of the victims have yet to be identified and police suspect they are all victims of the same serial killer. So they're all like young women who were work in the sex industry. Dang. So, The police have put out artist sketches of two of the unidentified victims, which have brought in a lot of tips but have failed to lead investigators Mm -hmm. to their names, as well as put out information as to seven more possible victims who were also sex workers and are considered to possibly be connected to the 11 bodies found in this area of Long Island. Are they, like, missing or known to have? Oh, so I think it's seven more possible victims. I don't know if that's missing persons or bodies that they've identified. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Um, yeah. So there are some que- there are some people who seriously question if Shannon Gilbert was a victim of this supposed serial killer because there are several important differences between Gilbert's disappearance um, and remains, between her disappearance and remains and that of the Gilgo Four. The four bodies on Gilgo Beach were found buried with two wrapped in burlap sacks, while Gilbert was found partially exposed mm-hmm. in the marsh with clothes and personal items found nearby. Yeah. Her family adamantly believes that Jamie Brewster, her date the night she went missing, is responsible for yeah. her death, which makes sense because like she was last seen like running from his house, called 911 saying they're trying to kill me. Um, but then they believe that he killed her and just happened to dump her body in the dumping ground of the serial killer. That's what her family thinks. Right. Or yeah. So and I could like I could interesting. 
that's tough either way because like yeah yeah it makes most sense that he killed her but then also oh he ha- like she happens to wind up right in this dumping ground of a serial killer the so, world is very large it is. what are the odds it is so uh she went missing in 2010 they found her in 2011 which was several years ago but just last week the Mm -hmm. stories of what people call what the media refers to the lost women of long island was back in the news with suffolk police commissioner geraldine hart releasing a photo of a black leather belt she said authorities believed was handled by an unknown suspect (gasps) hart said the belt which is embossed with the letters hm or wh did not belong to any of the victims We are hopeful that this photograph will bring somebody forward with information about the origin of that article. What? I know. It's crazy. So it goes on a little bit. The commissioner said the belt was found at one of the crime scenes during the initial stages of the investigation nine years ago. Which makes you then think, so what? did it has it have you just exhausted all of your leads? And so now you've like, what about now is making you release this information? Anyway. I don't know. Oh, well, That's... actually, I could theorize that okay. with something yeah. that I get to here. Um, I'm like, answer my own question. So she said that the hope is that the release of new information, which will be shared on the newly launched website Gilgo News, which is dedicated to sharing information with the public about the investigation and allowing people to post tips anonymously, will shed light on the investigation and help to advance it. The commissioner also announced that the department has been given approval by the New York State Department of Health to send DNA samples of unidentified victims to the FBI in the hopes that they will be able to be identified using genetic genealogy. Maybe they'll call me and say, maybe you won't identify a serial killer. Maybe you'll help identify one of these victims. Yeah. Either way, love to help. Give me a call. My number is... (laughs) Never mind. My DNA is available to <laughs> yes. you. My social security number. Genetic genealogy changing the game. Like so often Seriously. we think about genet- genetic genealogy solving like who done it, right? Like leading yeah. people to the killer. But there are so many unidentified murder victims out there. So that's exciting. So maybe, maybe part of the reason of why they just announced this news too is because they're going to be able like to n- probably not identify all of them, but hopefully identify some yeah. of these women um, through the use of genetic yeah. genealogy. So upload your 23andMe or Ancestry profile to GEDmatch. Because you can do that. I didn't know. And so that's why I didn't do it. I was like, I'm not going to spit into another tube. Right. But it was super easy. Yes. You just download your raw data, upload it to GEDmatch. Boom. You solve a crime. Can you see it to see if you have any genetic matches? Um, I think it's supposed to like tell you or something. I don't know. When you upload it, it says like it's available for one to one comparison, which I think is like if the cops want to look at yours and something can see if it's connected. And then a few days later, it's available for like one to many. So you can like compare like your DNA to a ton of others to say like oh beep boop these two interesting are similar huh well yeah we should post something to instagram about that did we post something to instagram about that no but i will so last month the suffolk county police chief Stuart cameron told people magazine that solving the case has always been one of the department's top priorities the case has never gone cold he said a case of that magnitude takes time to solve it's a priority for the police department always has been to solve this case 
It's really an unprecedented case in Suffolk County history, so we're going to continue to put our attention on it with the intent to solve the case. I do believe in my heart that we'll solve it. I think we have some of the best detectives in the nation working on this case, and I'm convinced that if anyone can solve it, they can solve it. And I'm sure all the families of all the victims want us to solve this case and that it's ever present on our mind. Now, there are questions surrounding a Brooklyn carpenter named John Bitrolf, who was recently sentenced to prison for murdering two sex workers. That sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. There are some who believe he may be responsible for one or more of the unsolved deaths connected to the Gilgo Beach Four. Quote, there are remains of the victims at Gilgo that may be attributed to the handiwork of Mr. Bitrolf, and that investigation is continuing. Robert Biancavilla, sure, um, a prosecutor with the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office in New York, told the Associated Press. But since the investigation is ongoing, nothing more has been said publicly. Yeah. Um, but very interesting. Yeah. I mean, this guy's in prison, so he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but that would be helpful if they were able to connect him. I always feel like he's already in jail. Just tell us everything. Right. Well, I don't know but what his sentence was for murdering. Like, that's you would true. hope that it would mean he would be in prison for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Maybe somebody will see a picture of that belt and they will be like, John yeah. Bitroff owned that belt. Yeah. Even though that's not his initials. So. Who knows? Maybe he took it. Maybe he stole it from somebody and wore it. Yeah. It could, be, it could be a part of a club or a I'm gang just, he's a part of. I'm an investigator, so. Yes. Professionally. Um, so you'll want to keep your eyes open for the upcoming Netflix film called Lost Girls. Ooh. Which re- is releases on March 13th. Ooh. It's based on the book Lost Girls, an Unsolved American Mystery by Robert Kolker. And the movie follows, like it's a fictionalized account. Yeah. Um, but the movie follows the mother of Shannon Gilbert, who will not let law enforcement who will not let law enforcement rest until they learn something about her daughter's whereabouts. Nice. And so that comes out to Netflix on March 13th. And that is the story of the Lost Girls of Long Island. And hopefully one that is not finished yet. Yeah. And that will continue to hear. Like seriously, when I was looking this up. And I came across a story and then uh, it was like two days ago, articles about the police commissioner announcing the evidence that was being brought forward. Um, I think that SVU has an episode based on this. Oh, yeah. No, there's a scene where like Mariska Hargitay is like they're coming across all the bodies on the beach. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's lots of those. Yes. But there's one that's like specifically on Long Island. Oh, really? Yeah. It's funny. I feel like the more I learn about true crime, the more I'm like, oh, so that's where that episode of. Yeah. Like, did you ever watch The Keepers? Yeah. So like there's there's I feel like there's a few episodes. There's one that's like very specific very, to the incident, really? to the circumstances surrounding the keepers. And at first I remember watching the episode being like, this seems far fetched. And then I watched the and keepers. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, no, that happened. Where I'm OK. So, you know, the the Isla Vista yes. shooting mm-hmm. is that there's an episode Holden's Manifesto. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to. To the Isla Vista shooters, like audio, I watched diary. clips of it. Yeah, it's it it's is spot on, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. If you watch SVU and you've seen the episode Holden's Manifesto, watch that one. Go and listen to the Isla Vista shooters, like just anything that he has talking. It is incredible that actor who plays Holden on that episode 
is incredible. There's also a new thing. We I might have mentioned this last week. I'm not sure. But on Hulu is streaming like the Paley Center for Media salutes Law and Order SVU. Oh, yeah. 21 seasons. And just talking about like the cultural significance of the show and yeah. like the impact that it's had on conversations surrounding sexual violence. Like pretty much anything meaningful I've ever learned about sexual violence, yeah. who's responsible and who's not. Yes. I learned from uh, Christopher Maloney and, and Marissa Hargitay. Did I tell you once that I saw Christopher Maloney at Grand Central <gasps> Market? And I, no. I, okay. So I was at Grand Central Market in downtown LA and I thought I saw him. It was like a Saturday morning, so it was pretty busy. And I thought I saw him, wa- like I was on the edge of the market and he like walked like deeper inside the market. And I was like with a couple of friends, I was like, I got to go. I got to go make sure. I got to go yeah. see if this is Detective Elliot Stabler because yeah. I love him. And so I followed him like oh a my creep. Gosh. And like saw him sitting at a table in the market, like eating a breakfast burrito. And I thought to myself, go up to him. He's yeah. alone. You know, like he's not with his family or anything. And be like, oh my gosh, your work on Law and Order SVU means so much to me. But then I was like, I didn't have the gonads yeah. to do it. So instead, I creepily took a picture of him. Yep. And that's I what I would think, do. I think he saw me. And so I like, I took a few pictures and then I zipped away. Um, but... Ooh. I love him so much. I know. So, yeah. There's that. Olivia Benson 2020, honestly. Mariska. I really wish that we could, like... No, I want Olivia Benson. I mean, like, Mariska Hargitay, too. But, like, Olivia Benson, the character, would make an amazing president. Yes. All right. I'd be into it. With uh, Elliot Stabler as her VP. I don't know love him but he's got a lot of rage he does have a lot of rage that's true i want um raul esparza what's his what's the to character? be my boyfriend that's what you want oh yeah yeah, yeah. i want him that to be too, my boyfriend but, um the character what's his name barba 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 yeah, yeah, yeah no i want 88 barba to be my boyfriend <laughs> ryan's right there oh i would take 88 barba or, or the actor to be my boyfriend yeah Either. that's fine i know I was so sad when he left the show. I was very sad when he left Cried. the show. Cried. I still yeah. cry if I watch that episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's stop talking about SVU. This is not the SVU podcast. Is it not, though? Anyway, mm, keep going. Let's start a, a split-off podcast. I'm going to Google Jed Match and upload my results. Okay, cool. Anyway. You're, so you're not going to listen to no, me? No, I'm listening to your story. I'm just going to uh, bookmark it for later. Okay. Um, this is the story of The Nun of Monza. Okay. Which there have been movies made about this books i didn't write any of those things down but there are them out there and i got most of my information from wikipedia and this site called storia di milano which was all in italian and i hit the google translate button um and so i was like reading it and some of the things just do not make sense because like you know when google translates an entire web page it's like just so confusing so some of the things might be wrong fantastic but it's a super weird story i found it on one of those like ranker lists of like 20 weirdest crimes to ever happen and i'll tell you the reason i picked it when it comes up but so the nun of monza also known as mariana de levia e marino and or also known as sister virginia maria so she was born as Mariana de Levia y Marino um, in Milan, Italy, on December 4th, 1575. So we are going way Way back. back. All the way back. So 
Mariano's mother was the daughter of the richest man in Milan, and he was rich because he had inherited the fiefdom of the county of Monza from his great uncle. I'm sorry. So we're talking, we're talking about her father. Her so Mariana's grandfather. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't just. Okay, I'm just making sure yeah. I'm following you. Also, are you aware that your lights are like dimming and getting yeah. brighter? Is it a ghost? This no. Sometimes our power just does this weird surging thing. <coughs> okay. We should we should get a priest in here and look yeah, at that or it's though. A ghost, so yeah, yeah. Cover your bases. Um, and Mariana's mother died from the plague when Mariana was just one. Okay. Um, and right after her mom died, she was sent to live with her aunts. Um, and then when Mariana turned 13, her father arranged for her to become a nun because, you know, fathers could decide that sure. at 15, seven, in 1575. Um, so she is sent to the monastery Santa Margarita and her father comes to visit her once and then they never see each other again. What country are we in? Italy. Italy. Okay. We're in Milan. Um, and so her, her father sends her money every month. Um, and even after her father dies, her stepmom still sends her money every month. Um, but she never sees them again. Um, and then on September 26th of, of 1591, Mariana becomes Sister Virginia Maria. Um, and she was described as kind, respectful, modest, and friendly. Um, and at this time, so when she becomes a nun, she becomes Sister Virginia. She's a teacher at the boarding school for girls that's located on the convent. And um, at the time, she also takes over some of the responsibility as of the lady of the county um, because her mom had died. So um, Mariana and her brother inherited or had to like take over basically running the county because they inherited the fiefdom. This is back when like Dear. feudal okay. stuff was happening. And then did she become a nanny for um, eight uh, children who had lost yeah, their mother. Yeah, Sister but their, Maria. Yeah, but their, but their father was very strict and she ta- took them into the field and taught them to sing. Yeah, she made them play clothes. Okay. And, and Out then, of the drapes? Out of drapes, okay. yes. And then slowly her and the father began to fall, fall in, in love, love because she melted his heart. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's, I'm sure the next story you'll tell next week, but yes, continue. Yeah, as I was writing this though, the entire time I had the, the, um how do you solve a yeah. problem like Maria? yeah that one stuck in my head my this is a terrible story but i'm gonna tell it when i was really little in like kindergarten we had a cleaning lady and her name was maria and my dad used to sing um <laughs> nobody can s- clean a house like maria oh boy um like n- obviously not when she was there but like <laughs> my dad loves the sound of music oh my gosh um Shout out to Paul. <laughs> Anyways. So she is the lady now. So she takes over some things um, in the county. So she administers property revenues. And she even is in charge of administering some justice. Um, and then around this time, she meets this man named Count Giovanni Paolo Osio. And she meets him because he climbs into a window of one of the students' rooms. I don't like that. And... On this website that was in Italian, that was translated, at one point it just says that he climbed into a window, and then another point it says he made love in the room. To a student? So I can't tell if it's like a weird mistranslation of either he was just trying to like break into the monastery or if he had sex with this student. Okay. 
Um, it's not looking good for him. Not looking good for him. Um, so Sister Virginia catches him in the room. She angrily throws him out. Um, and then a little bit after this incident in um, 1597, Giovanni is charged with the murder of a 60-year-old man. And it doesn't say what his sentence was or anything. But the next year, he comes back to Monza and lives um, in the house next door to the monastery, next door to the convent. So he was convicted of murder and then, like, spent zero time yeah. in- incarcerated? He's okay. Or whatever the 15th century equivalent 1500, was. yep. Okay. Um, and when he returns, um, Sister Virginia starts to find herself inexplicably attracted to him. No. So she would write letters back and forth with mm-hmm. him. Giovanni even had the blacksmith make keys to the convent so he could sneak in and see her. And um, Sister Virginia is convinced that she's under a spell, that she's like literally sick with love. She like describes it as being love sick, but like in a bad way. So she, um, as she's like trying to figure out like what the heck is going on, she ends up getting pregnant. And she gives birth to a stillborn baby in 1602. And now she's like super convinced. She's like, I need to get this guy out of my life. I do not like him, but for some reason, I'm in love with him. So she turns to... I mean, isn't that the case for all of us? But yeah. Right. So, hate to burst your bubble, Sister Virginia. That's just how love works. That's just how being a straight woman attracted to a man works. You don't like him, but... But somehow... Somehow you you can't live without him. Yeah. Anyway. So she turns to magic to try to get rid of this. As we all have done at one point or another. And this is the reason why I picked the story, because I was like, this is nuts. I got to look into this. So she consults with magic people in the town. I don't know what they would have been called in the 1500s. Um, And the thing that they told her to do was to eat Giovanni's poop. Oh, no. That's just somebody pulling a prank on you, sister. Maybe. But there was something about, like, you got to, like, put that in your system so that you don't like him. Hard pass. That didn't work, obviously. Okay. And the affair picked back up again. Um, And this time she gets pregnant again and she gives birth to a baby girl in 1603. And Giovanni takes her into his care and he claims her as his illegitimate daughter from just like a random woman. He claims the baby or the nun? The baby. Oh, okay. The baby. Sorry, I should have clarified. the baby into his care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Um. And around this time, a cardinal is scheduled to come visit the monastery. And there's a woman who lives in the monastery there. Her name is Catherine. She's, like, not fit to be a nun because she has some anger oh issues. Oh, my God. Your <laughs> cat is attacking me she just, jungle cat style. Yeah. She Phoenix. loves to f- creep up on me from behind the couch. She just, like, she, clawed her way up she, the couch and then into Sarah's hair. And, and I'm hair, sorry. And she knows that I'm allergic to her yeah. dander. Whew. Sorry. Oh, that scared me. Anyway. So this lady, Catherine, lives at the monastery. Okay. And she is not eligible to be a nun because she has too much anger. But she's still... But Sister Maria, who's doing it a bunch... Right. Yeah, is, is eligible. Eligible. Okay. So Catherine threatens to tell the cardinal when Phoenix, he comes to stop. visit... Do cats even listen to you when you command them things? I don't know how. Some, oh God. <laughs> that was a great noise that came out of your mouth She's, there. She wants to get it. My Put the hood Ryan, on. Ryan, deal with your cat. I know, Ryan. Can you do something? 
This is I'm terrified now. Get away from me, feline. I'm sorry. I'm so Sarah. sorry. I keep interrupting your story. So Catherine, she can't be a nun. She's angry. Yeah. So she says, she says to Sister Virginia and Giovanni, I'm going to tell the Cardinal about your affair. Okay. And they're like, uh-oh, we cannot let that happen. Sister Catherine's going to die. She's not a sister, remember? Oh, I'm sorry. Not nun Catherine is going to die. Catherine. So Giovanni, with the help of Sister Virginia Maria, Sister Benedetta, Sister Ottavia, and two other sisters I don't have the names of, kill Catherine. Oh my gosh, it's a nun mafia. It's a nun mafia. Wow. So Giovanni kills her. He shoots her three times, which it's the 1600s. Did you know there were guns? I literally Googled when were guns invented (laughs) because I was looking at the website that was in Italian and it said like he killed her with three shots to the head. And I wrote down like he hit her in the head three times thinking like weird translation. And then later the literal word gun came up and I was like. This can't be right. Guns were invented in like the 1400s. Yeah. So I guess it was like an old timey rifle type deal. Yeah. But like even that I was like, yeah. mm, the American Revolution was like the <laughs> first war with real guns. The first time it was. Yeah. Uh, well, you learn. Anyways. You learn the more you know. I learned that if you eat someone's poop, you will be <laughs> repulsed by them. And that guns were invented a lot earlier than I okay. thought. So he shoots Catherine in the head three times. And then he, sorry, Ryan, he cuts her head off. (laughs) (laughs) He throws it down a well. Right. And then he goes and buries her body somewhere else. Yikes city, why wouldn't you just put the whole body down a well? I don't know. So now rumors are starting to spread. Um, They made it look like Catherine just ran away. But rumors are starting to spread that Giovanni and Sister Virginia are doing it. So Giovanni, in order to like quench not quench quell <laughs> quell this rumor quenching some stuff he, quenching. <laughs> he kills the blacksmith oh who made the keys because he's like he knows we can't he knows too much he knows too we much take care of him he also tries to kill the pharmacist because the pharmacist? i don't know the pharmacist probably knew something okay the but pharmacist who was giving sister uh maria the birth control pills that yeah. clearly weren't working yep, yeah yeah the gun doesn't go off when he tries to kill a pharmacist. Oh, dear. That's the point where I was like, the gun doesn't go off. What? Guns? Guns. So, um, now that rumors are spreading around, the rumors get to the governor of Milan in 1607, and he arrests Giovanni, but Giovanni escapes. He's arrested for killing someone? Yes. Okay. No, no, no. Sorry. He's arrested for having an affair with, uh, with sister Virginia in, uh, because you know sex out of marriage was probably illegal back then probably particularly with a nun yeah okay um I don't know I didn't look up their laws it but I know probably it was be like, with a nun my guess is that I mean yeah I'm an expert on 15th century law so yeah yeah I don't know just at the time Catholicism and the government were That's so true. They were intertangled um at least what I remember from my eighth grade history classes. So Giovanni escapes from custody and he, the first thing he does is he goes and he actually kills the pharmacist. This time the gun really does go off and he tries to blame one of the priests from the monastery. So he puts the gun in the priest's house. Um, And then Giovanni hides out 
in the monastery. Um, and the cardinal transfers Sister Virginia to Milan because he's like, she's sleeping with this dude. He lives next to the monastery. We got to put her somewhere else. That's how you solve a problem like yep. Maria. That is. That's how they're. That's how the the Catholic church is still solving problems. I, yeah. Just moving them <laughs> that, around. That is so true. Yes. Go watch the keepers. Honestly. Um, but she escapes too. These, these guys are like escape artists. Um, and then it doesn't say wh- where she went, but she escaped. She's not in their custody anymore. Um, and then Giovanni is like, okay, I gotta go too. So he is fleeing the convent and he's like, okay, I'm going to help a couple of my accomplice nuns out. So he is helping Sister Atavia and Sister Benedetta escape. But while they're, like, trying to flee, Giovanni's like, nah, like, I, ga- I got to kill Sister Atavia. So he tries to kill her by Why? hitting. Why, he thinks she's going to tell? I guess. Okay. This guy is clearly not logical. So or not a good Catholic by no, any stretch. No, no, no. So he hits, tries to hit her in the head with a gun and throw her into a river. She ends up surviving that, confesses everything. Oh, wow. And then she later dies of her wounds a few weeks later. So people are starting to hear the story of like, okay, these two people are having an affair. We covered it up by killing a bunch of people. Um, and so then Giovanni tries to kill Sister Benedetta, who was another accomplice. Um, so he throws her into a well, into the well that he threw Catherine's <laughs> head in. The town well. The town well. But she survives. But while they're investigating. He attempts to throw her in the well or he does and then she lives. It says that he threw her into the well and she that she lived. She clawed her way right back out. Maybe. Okay. I don't know how wells worked back then. <laughs> I don't really know don't how know wells work now. Well technology is really advanced That's that much. True. But Did you guys have a well on the farm? You know, weirdly enough. You did, huh? No, we did not. I know a lot of people who lived out in the country like us who they drank well water. And I got to tell you, it does not taste good. We yeah, isn't it just like groundwater? Uh, I, I couldn't tell you I have that intimate of knowledge of it. But Ryan, why are you laughing? It just It has a bad taste. Um, we had city water, though. It was a big deal that we had city water. Yeah. yeah. Also, well water is like really, it's hard water. So, um, like, it, it leaves stains. It on like stuff. stains like your shower and your tub, and it's not really good to like wash your hair in. Um, um, I beg to differ. My parents' house has soft water. My hair was disgusting. Still, I can't wash my hair at their house because it's just, it doesn't get all the grease out. Do you have soft water here? No. You have hard water here? Probably. We have normal water here. Interesting. Hmm. Well, you should write your congressperson. Be like, listen, I have got an issue that needs to be dealt with. No, I want hard water. No, I'm just saying, but for your parents' place. For the inconvenience oh. that it is to not be able to wash your hair. No, your it's the, the people who owned my parents' house before put like a soft water filter in. Oh, well, screw them. I know. Honestly. Seriously. Anyway, so well. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about the story of my parents' house another time. <laughs> so he throws Sister Benedetta in the well. She survives. While they're investigating this, they find Catherine's head at the bottom of the well. Mm-hmm. And Sister Benedetta confesses everything. And she leads them to Catherine's body. And so now they're like, okay, we've got the story. We know that this Giovanni guy killed this Catherine girl and is trying to kill other people. 
Um, and so the two other non-accomplices who I don't have their names are arrested for helping kill Catherine and Giovanni's house is demolished and he is sentenced in absentia to the gallows. Um, did I say that right? Sure. Okay. I, 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 don't, I couldn't tell you. I know what being sentenced to the gallows means. I don't know in absentia means. Oh, like, like he's, he's not, not there. there. He's oh, absent. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So he was still like on the lam. Okay. They couldn't find him. There are a couple theories of how he ended up actually dying. One is that someone in Monza. I just kicked oh Emily's computer. I'm sorry. I was trying to get the cat to stop chewing on your I know. Cord. She's eating my cord. We need to lock this her out most- of our recording this is the most animated she's ever been during a recording session she knows we're live good lord okay Um, anyway sorry so one of the theories is that somebody in monza found him beheaded him and brought his head to the government there another theory is that he just was killed in a friend's basement don't know what he was doing in a basement but that's the theory on the lamb yeah the basement Sister Virginia and the four other accomplice nuns are sentenced to be walled up in a cell for life. So that sounds really scary. And I know that they used to do things where they would literally like seal somebody into a room. That's not what it was. Basically sentenced to solitary confinement forever. Okay. But after after 14 years, Sister Virginia is repentant. And so she's sent free. Oh, is that all that takes? Yeah. And then it's believed that the other four nuns were set free at that time, too. Wow. So that's the crazy, weird story of the poop-eating nun. That's got everything. It's got human feces, magic, nuns who commit murder. Super early version guns. (laughs) Uh, Pregnant nun. Yeah. Wow. Heads in wells. Heads Heads in wells. wells? It should oh, be a movie. I like I said, it is a movie already. Like from the eighties. That is bananas. Let me see. Wait, it, oh wait, it's it is? called the Nun of Mon of Monza or Monza. Let's see what year it actually is. Oh, the Lady of Monza, nineteen sixty nine. Wow. And then there's the there's another one, the True Story of the Nun of Monza, nineteen eighty. That's wild. Yeah. Well and done. then the character is like put in a bunch of books. Like, there was some famous authors that I didn't recognize because I'm not smart. smart. I'm not a smart person. <laughs> you are a smart person. I'm not a. I'm not a literature person. I don't like <laughs> classic literature. Anyways, well, this feels kind of probably some obscure literature about the murdering nuns. Maybe. But wow, well done. Yeah, that's a good thanks. one. It's a really good one. I know it's weird. That's wild. Um, do you have a question for us? Okay, so or you said you had three when we talked okay, about things so this y- evening. Okay, so you want me to do the I'm other sorry. one? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I was supposed that's to look okay. it up. No, 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 no. So we're moving to the part of our program called detox, where we detox from all the horror we have just discussed, also from our alcoholic drinks, um, and ask each other some some icebreaker questions, as it were. Yeah. So I've got another one from this book of. Ellie Paseco. Paseco. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, Ellie. So, which true crime profession would you ha- want to have as a career? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Thank you, Ellie. That's a great one. Um, Honestly, the first thing I think of is uh, I'd want to be a prosecutor. Nice. Like, first of all, great skirt suits. 
oh, sharp yeah. attire. I also, I'm really good at pulling points on people. Um, and I feel like I can argue well. The thing I wouldn't, I agree. The thing that I would not handle well is like, I'm a softy and would be like, but what if I'm putting the wrong person away? Yeah. And, um, that would haunt me forever and ever. But like, I just always think of the really, uh, badass lady prosecutors in law and order svu yeah. like the casey novaks and the the other blonde one who i can't think of who was before her yeah um there's always like real good ones yeah so probably that what about you um i think i would want to either be a judge mm-hmm. i feel like i can make really good decisions like take in both sides but i think i would have the same issue of like i don't know they didn't confess the evidence is kind of sketchy yeah how do i know for sure so i think i would say a uh profiler Ooh, that's a good one too that's a really good one like in a perfect world i would want to be a judge but since this is not a perfect world criminal profiler i like that all the way because i feel like i'm i already do that you know in Mm -hmm. my mind to myself like listening to podcasts i'm like red flag (laughs) we're like oh he's setting fires as a child oh sociopath animals yeah like i our child is 17 months and i will yawn at him on purpose (laughs) to see if he yawns back i'm waiting until to see like at what age are yawns contagious right that's smart either not yet or he's a sociopath um, I very much hope your child isn't a sociopath and I don't think that he is. I don't think so either. But however, if he were to turn out to be, he has the charm to pull it all off. Oh my gosh. Baby boy has the charm. He really does. Just saying, keep an eye out. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously though, we're going to have to keep an eye out no matter what because he gets what he wants. Well, and he is your firstborn. I feel yeah. like that'll maybe wear off a little bit with the second one. Yeah, we'll see. If there's a second one, if who can say? If there's a second one, who Whomst, can, holler. can say? Thank you so much for listening to us. This is episode yeah, 16. That's nuts. Who knew? Who knew? I mean, like, probably, like, nobody listens, but we still do it. We're having a great time doing it. Special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan, who uh, puts up with us. Um, he doesn't really listen while we talk, but he makes sure it's recording. He does. He makes sure it happens. He wrote our song. Yes. And played it. Oh, sweet angel. Um, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at lightweight true crime. Um, send us a DMs. DS some, DS some, some questions. DM us some questions or send us an email at, LW true crime at gmail.com. That's LW true crime at gmail.com. Um, yeah, rate, reviews, wrote, oh my <laughs> God, I need to go to sleep. Okay. Rate, review, rate, everybody. It's Bye. been real. <laughs> Cheers.
Talking into our microphones. <laughs> oh, talking. Oh, talking into our microphones.